Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. And one of the main ways this will help you when it comes to writing your actual scenes is in the dialogue your characters exchange. So many writers email me and they ask me how to write better dialogue. And really it boils down to this. Every character needs to speak with some kind of purpose, and this purpose will be based on their goals, their motivations, and the conflict they face. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to talk about writing unforgettable supporting characters. And I'm excited about this episode because supporting characters don't always get the attention they deserve, but they're often some of the best parts of stories. And if we want to immerse readers in a world that feels as rich and compelling as our own, our supporting cast of characters needs to be developed with as much love and attention as our protagonist and our antagonist. Now, just to make sure we're on the same page, when I say supporting characters, I'm talking about any character that's not your protagonist or your antagonist. So these supporting characters can range from parents, children, best friends, co-workers, and bosses, all the way to villains or romantic rivals who create a sense of threat or opposition. And in general, each supporting character in your story will either help your protagonist achieve their goal or they will try to prevent your protagonist from achieving their goal. So essentially, each supporting character in your story provides an opportunity for conflict, aid, or both. Now let's talk about how to know which kind of supporting cast members to include in your story because that's always one of the first questions I get. As you populate your story's world, it sometimes helps to think in terms of the roles that might need to be filled. And the good news is, is that if you already have done the work to identify your main content genre, you'll already have some of these roles mapped out for you. So for example, if you're writing an action story, you know that you will need a mentor and at least one sidekick. If you're writing a love story, you're going to need characters who support and thwart the relationship as well as a rival love interest for one or both of your lead characters. If you're writing a status story, you will need a mentor, a shapeshifter, and a foil character who represents one of the paths that your protagonist could take. So my recommendation is to always start there with the roles laid out by your content genre. So think in terms of your main external genre and your main internal genre. And if you don't know what your genres are, go back and listen to episode number two. It's all about choosing your genre. I'll link to that in the show notes for you for easy reference. Now, not all of your supporting characters will fall into one of these roles that your genre calls for, and that's okay. You're obviously going to have other types of supporting characters depending on the specifics of your story idea. So here are a few additional tips and tricks that can help you round out your supporting cast of characters with ease. 
Tip number one is to develop your supporting cast just as fully as your protagonist and your antagonist. And this is number one on the list because this is what truly makes a character unforgettable, but not many writers take the time to do it. Although not all of your supporting characters will spend a ton of time on the page, we have to think about our readers again here too. Getting them to invest in the lives of our supporting cast of characters can be tough, but it's not impossible. The main way we can get readers to invest in our supporting characters is to develop them in the same way that we've developed our protagonist and our antagonist, but to a lesser degree. So you can ask questions like, what does this character want and why do they want it? And what's at stake if they fail to get what they want? You also want to identify what stands in their way externally and what stands in their way internally. So what kind of character wound or flaw or false belief are they dealing with? And you don't need to do this for every supporting character in your story, but you probably know which ones will play a bigger role than others. For example, any character role your genre calls for is going to have an impact on your story. So you'll want to do this exercise for those characters as well as any others that you think will be important. And one of the main ways this will help you when it comes to writing your actual scenes is in the dialogue your characters exchange. So many writers email me and they ask me how to write better dialogue. And really, it boils down to this. Every character needs to speak with some kind of purpose. And this purpose will be based on their goals, their motivations, and the conflict they face. So as an example, consider how things like a supporting character's goal or their inner conflict could affect their speech and guide what they say or don't say. It makes a huge difference, right? Now, as with anything you develop for your story, it's unlikely that every last bit of information will wind up on the page. However, it's always better to know more about your characters than necessary than to skimp out on their development and their characterization. So that's tip number one. You'll want to develop your supporting cast in the same way as your protagonist and your antagonist, but to a slightly lesser degree. Tip number two is to let your supporting characters represent an aspect of the overarching story. So like we talked about earlier, each of your supporting characters needs to serve a purpose in the overarching story. So for example, they can help reveal key details about your character, your plot, or your theme. They can advance the plot in ways that your protagonist cannot. They can create conflict that stymies the protagonist in their journey. They can reveal or highlight elements of the protagonist's character. Their words, actions, or backstory can deepen the discussion of a theme. They can motivate or otherwise aid the protagonist or antagonist. And they can further define or reveal elements of your story's world building. So as an example, let's look at that last one in a practical way. Let's talk about how supporting characters can help you define or reveal elements of your story's world. And whether your story takes place in the real world or a made-up world, supporting characters can help your story's world feel more immersive and real. They can help you set the tone of the world you've built through their behavior and dialogue. So if your world is very harsh, your characters might behave different than if the world was very posh, right? They can also help add dimension to your exposition by having their own unique perspective and view of the world as well. Another thing we can look at is how supporting characters help you express all the different variations of your theme or even explore minor themes. So for example, if you're writing a romance, your supporting characters could have a string of failed relationships, and this could show your protagonist and readers what will happen if your protagonist doesn't learn the theme or lesson of the story. You could have a supporting character who expresses the positive side of your theme too. So maybe they've been in a committed relationship for 40 years, and maybe this is something that your protagonist aspires to or thinks is just not possible for them. So this is something that can really help make your story feel cohesive as well. 
And that's tip number two. Let your supporting cast of characters, or at least the important ones, represent an aspect of your overarching story. Moving on to tip number three. Tip number three is to give your supporting character a hook to help them stand out. Character hooks are things like personality traits, physical features, or associations that define a character and distinguish them from everyone else. So it's something that readers can hang their memory on, and really it just helps them remember who is who. I already did a whole episode on character hooks that's full of examples and goes deeper into the explanation of each type of hook. So if you want to learn more, go and check out episode number 10. I'll link to that episode in the show notes for you too. But for today's episode, we're just going to run through them really quickly, and I've come up with 10 different types of character hooks that you can play with. I'll also mention how each of these hooks show up in different characters from the Harry Potter series. So here they are. Number one is you can give your character an accent or a specific way of talking. Depending on where your character is from or what education level they have, they might have an accent, use very specific phrases, or even some type of regional slang. So our example for this is Hagrid because he has a very specific way of talking. You won't mistake him for any other character in the series. Number two, you can give your character an identifiable physical feature. So instead of describing every single aspect of your character's appearance, choose one or two physical traits that are especially unique and then focus on those. Our example for this is Dolores Umbridge. So she's always wearing pink suits and she looks like a toad. Number three, give your character their own body language or mannerisms. A character's physical appearance is more than just how they look. It's also about how they move and interact with the world. And just like in real life, a person's body language can speak volumes about what they think and feel. And our example for this one is Neville Longbottom. So he's a little bit insecure, doesn't have that much confidence, and his body language shows that. Number four, you can give your character a human or animal counterpart. In other words, this could be a person or an animal who's always with your character, or someone that the reader couldn't imagine your character being without. So our example of this is Filch and Mrs. Norris. Mrs. Norris is always with Filch, and they're always trying to catch students who are up to no good. Number five is you can give your characters a unique personality. And this one's important because in real life, no two people are alike, right? So to make your cast of characters more relatable and lifelike, give each one their own unique personality. Our example of this one is Gilderoy Lockhart. So he's self-absorbed. He loves his fame. There's no mistaking him for anyone else, right? Number six is to give your character strengths and weaknesses. The best characters in fiction have a good mix of both strengths and weaknesses. This is what helps us make our characters feel human and relatable. So our example of this is Harry Potter. He has both strengths and weaknesses that as readers we can understand and empathize with. Number seven is to give your character a specific role in the story. So roles can be anything from a job to a place in the family hierarchy to an archetypical role like that of a mentor or a sidekick. An example of this is Stan Shunpike because he's the conductor of the night bus. Number eight is to give your character a group or family connection. So this is similar to giving your character a counterpart, but a little different because we're talking about making them a part of a larger group of people. An example of this in Harry Potter would be the Weasley family or the Death Eaters. Number nine, give your characters a dominant emotional state. Most characters and most people slip into a default emotional state when they're stressed or under pressure. So our example here is Hermione. When she's stressed or under pressure, she relies on books and studying to get her through. Number 10, give your characters a part to play in concealing a mystery. So in other words, use them as a type of red herring to mislead or misdirect readers. An example of this in Harry Potter is Peter Pettigrew. Everybody thinks he's dead, but really he's transfigured himself into a rat. 
So hopefully that helps with your supporting characters. And honestly, giving my characters a hook is one of my favorite parts of developing a story. I think it's so much fun, and this is where I could spend a lot of time if I'm not careful. So if you're anything like me, tell yourself that you don't have to have it all figured out right now, and please don't get stuck here, because remember, we always want to be making forward progress on our drafts. Now, let's do a quick recap before I let you go. Key point number one is that supporting characters are any characters who are not your protagonist or your antagonist. So they can be parents, children, best friends, co-workers, and bosses, or they can be villains and romantic rivals who create a sense of threat or opposition. Key point number two is that the purpose of these supporting characters is to make your story world feel real by adding layers of color and complexity to your story. They can also help you reveal key details, motivate your protagonist, or help define your story's setting. They might even provide conflict from time to time by standing in opposition to your protagonist in regards to a certain task or mission. Key point number three is that you can start populating your supporting cast of characters by looking to your content genres for the roles you need to fill. From there, you'll want to develop each one fully, giving them goals, motivations, and backstories of their own so that readers can fully invest in them as well. So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.